Is it recording the right thing? I think so. Skype, yes. Okay. It's good to check. No, it is good to check. I appreciate it. I um, went to record something on iTunes the other day, and iTunes wasn't available to record. I'm like, what are you thinking? I can't record on iTunes. So I played with it until I figured it out. So how are things? Things are good. It's um, trying to rain right now. The It kind of looked like it might do that here. There's a lot of cloudiness anyway. I don't think it's actually raining. It seems to be fairly bright outside still. But mm. mm-hmm. So tell me about Critical Hit. <laughs> well, I've been listening to it some more over the last few days. I had listened to the first mm, two or three episodes at some point before they really got going into anything. Mm-hmm. And then basically from mm, Thursday or Friday, I guess, I've been listening fairly steadily. I've discovered a pair of headphones that I could plug into my phone so I could uh, take it along and listen to it without having to hold it up to my ear or whatever. Mm-hmm. On Saturday and Sunday, I listened to quite a few, um, and I've been doing it some to and from work. So at the moment, I am in the midst of episode 32, which is the Tower Part 4. Okay. Given that the next episode is called Coping with Loss, I'm guessing it doesn't really go as well as it has up to this point. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm only about a third of the way in, so... I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to spoil you, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually... And I've seen on the site itself that they introduce new characters at various points, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, finished. I caught up this week, so I am okay. all caught up. And, the, you know, it's I'm listening to old ones, and it's loading the brand newest ones. So every once in a while, if I'm not paying attention, I jump like, you know, 50 podcasts. So I'm like, wait a minute, what is happening here? I'm all very, very confused. So the last one that I listened to, I had to go back an episode and re-listen to that episode to figure out where I was in the timeline because I had jumped around so much. But yeah, I'm all caught up. And it was a wild ride, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Are they still going? Yes. Yeah, I think okay. I'm out on Saturday, Saturday mornings. I don't know that for sure because I haven't had to worry about it until now. Yeah. But they So did... far as it says on the site right now, the latest one is, I believe, 213. Mm. Uh, yes. So um, I'm, I'm not sure I listened to 213. I think I only listened to 212. Well, 213 was just posted on Saturday. So, yes, I guess it is Saturdays. So um, I may not have read it yet. I may not have listened. I probably haven't listened to that. Yeah, I I hit refresh earlier, and I, I see I have a whole bunch of new things that I haven't listened to. So, so yes, 32 out of uh, 213 is something like 15% of mm-hmm. them. I don't know. <laughs> There's a ways to go yet. There is a ways to go, but they're fun. Uh, th- did you see where I said they stole our tagline? It wasn't really um, ours, it's Bob's. They they literally said, and okay, I, it's not literally because I can't remember it exactly, but I'm pretty sure what they said was, critical hit, not only entertaining, but you learn something too. I'm like, hey, okay. that's Bob's line. Which is not quite the... <laughs> no, because Bob is not, not only, only entertaining, entertaining, but, but educational, educational as well. well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty close. So mm-hmm. it was funny. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw you post that somewhere. I don't remember what it was. I put it on the Facebook page. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, I bugged Bob the other day a little bit, just mm-hmm. talked in the private message on the forum about whether we're ever going to do more beta test things for the Aurors, so you guys can go and ahead and do your next Aurors thing, but I know he's busy with a lot of stuff right now, so... Yeah, um, but we need to do it. It would be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Posted on episode one of Potterfic Weekly. Good heavens. It's because just Jane. Yes, um, it's a point of view weekly. Point of view uh, weekly. Yes. So she's just starting the new podcast, I guess. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. And there's not quite so much to catch up on in that one. So no, no. 36 episodes. That's not nearly as... Not, and we keep them right to an hour and a half. And some of the critical hit ones go a little longer than that. Mm-hmm. And all of the Potterfic Weekly ones go a lot longer than that. So, you know, mm-hmm. not all of them. Sometimes there are ones that are an hour and a half or two hours, but most of them are, you know, two or three at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we've been getting a little shorter um, in the recent seasons, but not yeah. always because we do tend to ramble. <laughs> Who, us? Never. Never. <laughs> Never ever. I know. I feel like I should apologize to authors when we, you know, ramble and ramble and ramble. I just sent, when I finished editing Albus Potter and the Sorting Hat, I sent Dina a message and said, you know, we're doing the podcast and it'll be out in September. And if you want, if you have any questions, feel free to message me through the forum or through the Potterfic Weekly site. Because a lot of message, you know, a lot of the sites won't let you put email addresses and stuff in the post. So I wasn't sure if I could. So mm-hmm. apparently she couldn't find my email, but she registered for the forum. Yes, I just read her sorting of her mm-hmm. earlier today. So that's fun. And I sent her the, the podcast and she was entertained by it. So that's cool. And her name is Dina S. Because mm-hmm. Dina's her first name and S is her last initial. It works. It does. She uh, really was, you probably won't remember because this was a year ago, but we talked about how Alvis was as much Ginny's child as Harry's. And she mm-hmm. said, you really did pick up on the fact that I wanted to focus on Ginny and her connection to Alvis rather than having Harry be the focus. So that was cool. Yay us. Yeah. I think we do a fairly good job of being entertaining even when we go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was totally, Ryan was on an iPad and he was dropping every three seconds. And <laughs> we had to start the intro. Wow three or four or five times because every time we go and i'm trisha and i'm sue and i'm scott and <sighs> and we don't have right yeah. yeah so and at one point he's like oh dear. i'm gonna hump the router I'm like oh good that's going in the intro it was i fun. guess we don't do that as much and uh, make individual intros for the podcast but you do enough editing as it is so <laughs> i know well i need to come up with one for season six that's my plan for next that's my next thing and actually there were Several things in the last podcast, two or three, that I thought would be really nice for intro stuff. And I have a little bit of stuff from Death, and I've got uh, Trisha doing Bow Chicka Wow Wow, which is kind of fun. So, mm-hmm. I, But I do need to listen to some more and try to come up with some uh, other yeah. quotes. I, I suppose know. we should have stuff that's from the season it's in front of us. Or mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I know. You'll be thrilled to get rid of Sex and Snorkax, I know, but and Tasha. It'll be sad because that's his favorite part. <laughs> Is it? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a fun line, but yeah. Well, it's from his fix, Rolf is so. a little uh, odd. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he told me the last time I talked to him, he's like, that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, we'll have to record that one at some point. That could be fun. Mm, that would be fun. Well, mm-hmm. Trisha's not answering me on Facebook or on Skype, so I'm thinking that she is not going to make it. And Ryan's off doing other things. Ryan is off being an uncle. He sent me a message and he said, We've been invited to go over and, and visit with the new baby, and I can stay home and just send Danielle if you really need me to podcast. I really want to go see the baby. I said, go see the baby. It's fine. <laughs> Priorities here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's at least it's that, and he's not you know, having another kidney stone or something. No, no more kidney stones. I'm looking at, at my Facebook because I went to see if Trisha answered me and uh michael hartley thought and i'm like hmm, i wonder if he's read it we'll have him come in he can you guys can do voices for us it'd be fun but mm-hmm. i'm sure he hasn't done Just it he's, randomly crossover podcast yeah yeah he's uh been at a con all weekend as doctor who mm-hmm. i saw some of his pictures so i'm sure he's exhausted yeah so I say you and I just go and try to get through it. And if we don't get through it, we'll add it to the next week. All right. That sounds good. Do you have anything else going on, on on your side of the world? Well, I've been in the last, I guess I guess it's been a little while now because it was before or just after I got back from Leaky, I joined a Yahoo group that's, um, it's kind of like a fan fiction archive for the Lori R. King. Holmes novels. I don't know if you've read any of them or not. Mm-mm. She's an author from California who writes novels about Mary Russell, who was a young girl at the turn of the century. She was she was born in 1900, I think. So um, you always know what year it is by how old Mary is in the uh, stories. Mm-hmm. And she, when she's 15, is ends up heading off to live with her aunt on the Sussex Downs because her her parents are killed in a car accident and things. Uh, And their sort of closest neighbor across the Downs, or at any rate she runs into him, is Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. And she happens to be a very clever young woman, and the author has said she basically tried to write what would it be like to have Holmes's mind in a young female body. She thinks very similarly to him in a lot of ways, but then she's got her own uh, quirks and things. Like she ends up studying theology at Oxford, which he thinks is just nonsense and uh, uh, all of these things. But they end up becoming, hes she sort of becomes his apprentice to start with, and then they become partners. And uh, it's a whole series of books about them. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Various adventures after the canon Holmes adventures have ended. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I joined a Yahoo group about that, and uh, just uh, on Saturday I wrote my first Drabble in there, which was fun. Ooh, I haven't fun. done any writing at all for a while, but they're having a Drabble challenge. So nice. So that was fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh, well, my other adventure thing, I guess. Less fun, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is on Thursday as I was driving home, my Scooter got a flat tire. Ooh, so my scooter does not run now. I mean, I could, but it has a flat tire. And I have no particular idea of how one changes said tires. One of the things I was going to do on the weekend and didn't really was go out and tip it over and actually look at it and see if there's a way to take them off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there isn't like a scooter repair place in town the way there is in Saskatoon. So is there a tire I don't know. place? Because it seems like a tire place would be able to fix it. Probably. A car there, tire are, place. there are a number of tire places, so they might. Uh, if it's just a matter of patching it, they probably can. I don't know mm-hmm. if there are places that have this size of tire, but maybe they can order them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you can work it out, I guess. But for at any rate, so far this week, I've been taking the bus instead because it's not running anymore. Because you're wheelless. That's very sad. Yes, it's sad. <laughs> at least it's summer-ish still. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of people went back to work today. Uh, or back to school today. Calvin goes back to school on Monday, but I don't go back until the 16th, so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other uh, fun thing that happened yesterday was I went and took the bus to work, and so I went out to the bus stop that's at our corner. Mm-hmm. And there's always, um, it's always kind of awkward for the buses there because the people who live on that corner uh, insist on parking their truck on that um, side corner of the street mm-hmm. instead of on the other side of their house um and um, basically in what's supposed to be the bus stop and uh, i guess they uh, eventually uh, yesterday they finally um, talked to a bylaw person to go by there and see if maybe they needed to um, pull their truck back farther or they could deal with that somehow and they ended up the bus company just decided not to argue about it and took the bus stop out <laughs> So now there's not a bus stop on my corner anymore. That's not <laughs> I have to good. walk another um, block either way down that street to get to a bus stop. Uh, fortunately, they are. Um, there's, I think, four or five of them along the street that I'm kind of off of, so I just have to go a little ways. But it's kind of annoying. So yeah. I, I got on the bus at that stop um, yesterday morning and came back and pulled the rope for the bell at the usual point uh, to get off at that stop yesterday afternoon and the bus driver said uh there isn't actually a stop here anymore um, so <laughs> oh. well <laughs> gee thanks a lot guys the vanishing bus stop that's too bad uh oh well i probably need the exercise anyway so yeah that's true exercise is good but when it comes to be winter that's not going to be very fun yeah well i'm hopeful hoping i can uh, get somebody to give me a ride again when it's really winter but we'll mm-hmm. see yeah I couldn't use the scooter at that point anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. It was frozen. The tarp was frozen down. Yes. <laughs> a little bit awkward. Let's see what happened here. We, uh, Mike has two sides of the garage sighted, so that's exciting. And on Saturday, we went to a party with a bunch of kids that my brother graduated from high school with. And, you know, they're all now in their 40s. And some have kids and stuff. It was really fun to watch. It's fun to watch that core group get together and interact with each other. And so come to find out, and you'll be the only one that really cares about this, is one of the guys came and I happened to be out front saying goodbye to somebody as he came in. So we walked in together and he said, so did you go to LeakyCon? And I said, yeah. And he said, I looked for you. And I was like, what do you mean you looked for me? You were there? He works for them. He works for the... uh food system in, at the convention center. Huh, so he that's was like fun. totally behind the scenes. He said he got to see some of the rock concerts and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he's, I said, well, we really thought that, you know, everything really went well. And he said, yeah, there were, you know, there were a couple of things behind the scenes that were hitches, but overall, and he said that the conference goers were great. He said, you know, you, 
you never know when you're going to have that many people and, and stuff like that. And sometimes they can be really obnoxious and snotty, but the Harry Potter group was really nice. And I said, oh, yeah, I've always found the Harry Potter people are really good. And I said something about the hearing impaired people. And he said, they just loved you guys. I said, I know. <laughs> so he got it from the background of it, you know, that they got tickets to LeakyCon and just really enjoyed seeing us wandering around in costume and all that stuff. So that was really cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's I, fun. And I had no idea he worked there. Everybody else was like, "Well, didn't you know?" I'm like, "No, I didn't know. I would have tried to find him, you know." But he was probably mm-hmm. really, really busy. And all of the butterbeer was local. He said, "Yeah, huh. I cleaned out the entire local supply of butterbeer." I said, "We have local butterbeer." He's like, "Yeah." I said, "You and I are going to talk later." <laughs> <laughs> I want butterbeer. Yes. So. You'll have to find out about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, his kids are big into Harry Potter, so that's they're they're fun. They didn't get to come because they were in Fiddler on the Roof and they were performing the night of the party, so uh, I didn't get to see them. But it was fun, and and they were you know, but it was really fun to talk to him because, and the whole time he and I were talking, he put together he was putting together a salad because it was kind of a potluck, and he you know it was very nonchalant. He brought in a watermelon and he chunked it up. And then he dumped a container of Marionberry blackberries, huge blackberries in it. And then he cut the peeling off of a lemon and chunked that up and threw that in there. And he squeezed the lemon juice on top of it and then added basil. And it was amazing. It was just, you know, I would not have thought of putting that kind of stuff together like that. I would not have thought of making such huge chunks of lemon rind that he put in there. And, you know, he, he just very nonchalantly threw that thing together, and, and it was really good. There was good, good food there. It's always fun to go to potlucks and try different things. Huh. Yeah, that sounds like some neat stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun night until the mosquitoes came out, and then it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> yes, well, that happens. Yeah. Hasn't really happened so much here yet, but uh, I'm hoping they mostly stay away, but eventually it will come. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the boys played bocce ball in the dark, and uh, I watched for a little while until they started chewing on me too much, and I went inside. But I guess if we're going to do eight chapters, we should probably start this thing. Yes, I suppose. I don't know how much of that will, whether we want to keep all of it or not, but we'll see. Yeah. For Friday, November 28th, this is episode 199 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? Am My I surrounded did. by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, <laughs> I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. 
But I was planning on getting ravished anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax? Two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> you will always laugh before the end. Harder think we please. Where the story never ends. Welcome to Potter Pick Weekly, the definitely not morning podcast that is the original <laughs> version of the spawning podcast for the Puffa family. Today, I am your host, Scott. <laughs> and I'm Sue. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. What you do you did. Know? Trisha is AWOL and Ryan's being an uncle, so you just got the Scott and Sue show tonight, folks. Sorry about that. Well, well, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. This is Ryan's pick, and it was actually also Mooney's pick. It's called Shadow Walks by... Lorian829. I don't know if, how she chooses to render the number, but it's Lorian like the um, the place in Lord of the Rings. Ah. Um, and there's probably a few other uh, sources that the spelling could be from. But. Mm-hmm. And it's called Shadow Walks, and she's taken that title from a line of lyrics from Green Day's song, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. So that line is at the beginning of all the chapters. And then she usually has a quote from some other song that's about the chapter itself. Mm-hmm. And we start off with uh, Harry greeting Luna as he enters the flat. And we find out that Harry, Luna, and Ron share a flat together. Mm-hmm. And Luna and Ron are sort of together, except when they're not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and Ron is uh, basically an alcoholic. He's drunk most of the time. He is a Quidditch player, a fairly good Quidditch player, but he can't. He, yeah. He can't hold down a position with any particular team. Yeah, because he drinks. He keeps getting drunk and getting rowdy about something or other, so then they bounce him off to another team. But so far, he's still stayed in the professional circuit because he's just too good to be Mm -hmm. uh, relegated to the other teams. Yeah. Uh, And Harry is an Auror. As we saw in the epilogue, this doesn't follow from. This is an AU to the epilogue and to. Um, some of the final battle as well, but most of canon, it, it appears that most of canon happened as we have read it, and they take information from all of the parts of canon. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just gone off on a little bit of a tangent, and because several years have passed, things just keep getting farther and farther apart. So it transpires, we we just sort of we go through this chapter, and there's... It's kind of a little bit odd because, you know, it starts out and you just think, okay, Harry's apparently living with Luna. He's come home. He's kind of tired. He's had a boring day. Then we start to, we find out about what's going on with Ron. And it's, okay, that's weird. Why is, why is Ron an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. And then Harry goes off to take a shower. And as we go through into the chapter, we realize that something is certainly wrong. Yeah. Um, because there's, he goes by the bedroom that used to belong to Ron and Luna, but Luna these days is more often spe- sleeping in the third bedroom, which is 
right now is kind of a sparse guest room, mm -hmm. but used to be her room. And right. we don't immediately know who her she is. is. Right. But something bad has happened to these people. And mm. they've, Ron has crawled into the bottom of the bottle. his fire whiskey bottle. And Harry has thrown himself into work and works night and day and is always exhausted because he just does not want to think about this. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. get a bit of a flashback to the end of the final battle. Remus apparently lived, but he is delivering the bad news that she is gone. Right. And he, Harry just really doesn't want to think about this. Even he's sort of going through his shower and such, and he's, he can't stop himself mm -hmm. from, he can't stop his going his over memories. his memories. Yeah. And we find out that Hermione is gone and yeah. presumed dead. They didn't ever really find a body, but Remus, I think he sees it happen where she just, you know, vaporizes or disappears. And well, we find that out later, but yes, Remus is the one who sort of delivers the bad news. Yeah. Uh, that something the, happened during the battle. happened to her. And as we go through this story, we continue to get most of the time they aren't flashbacks as such. They don't, mm -hmm. um, you know, flashback and here's what's happening. Uh, but Harry thinks about it more and more as the chapters go on and you, we get more details fill in about what's mm -hmm. going on at that time. Yeah, because, because getting closer as to the, the story, anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. As the story begins, they're about a week or so away from the anniversary of Hermione's disappearance. Um, and, and that's what it is for Harry and Ron. It's not about the battle really anymore. Mm, no. Everybody else is just celebrating that Voldemort was defeated on this day and they can't do it because they lost too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but they we do lost have friends as well or other people as well as Hermione. Yeah. So it wasn't was just... a serious battle and there were lots of losses. And mm. I think Harry would have trouble living with just that, but to also have lost his best friend. That just it just eats at him. Mm -hmm. We do have some uh, somewhat lighter moments in here. This is it's a very heavy start to this story, um, mm -hmm. which is part of why we're we're hoping to go through uh, the first eight chapters tonight because that's uh, that's about when things sort of start to pick up again. It's not quite as depressing yeah. <laughs> as if we'd stopped it earlier. Um, but um, there are a few other moments. I like the bit in here where when Harry originally comes in. Luna has been simmering something on the stove, and when they start having their talk about things and arguing a little bit, it starts boiling over and uh, mm -hmm. burning and stuff. And then he comes back after his shower, and uh, supper is something completely different. And right. Like, but weren't you just... what? And no, that was a sob, apparently, that she was making. Yeah, so. for her co-worker. Mm -hmm. Calpurnia Wilcott. Calpurnia, that's a great name, Calpurnia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she tries to get him to eat and he's still sort of melancholy and they're trying to talk around the subject but not much mm -hmm. and I Luna think... is apparently an unspeakable. She mm -hmm. works in the Department of Mysteries, which kinda of makes sense. I can see Luna going for that. Oh yeah. And apparently they have been sort of the last the last hope Harry has for finding Hermione because right. as an Auror he the Aura Department did everything they could to find her for the first week or months or years after this happened, but eventually they couldn't keep looking anymore. 
And the unspeakables, it's kind of been kicked off to the unspeakables because they're the ones who do the weird stuff that nobody else is going to do. Because nobody, they might believe him that uh, she's not really gone. Right. Um, and Luna has to kind of admit, she tries not to, but Carrie works out that they're not really looking anymore because it's just, it's been five years, almost five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they aren't holding out much hope. And Harry just refuses to believe that Hermione is really dead and that there must be something else. And Luna is kind of trying to, she's got this theory that, you know, whenever the universe is out of whack, eventually things will come out right, which is something she says in the books. It will return to equilibrium. Right. And they have a little bit of a spat about that because you can tell that she's, you know, talked to him about this many times before and he just, he's not, he doesn't want to hear it again at this point. No. And as they're kind of going through that, they're kind of shaken up by the flat door flying backwards and hitting the wall. And Harry thinks he can hear chunks of plaster falling to the floor. Ron's home. And he's drunk, yeah. drunk, drunk. Yes, Ronald has let himself go. Yes, he has. And we're on to chapter two. Yes. And uh, Ron says, hello. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Okay. And Luna's like, would you like some dinner? He's like, no. And then he's, uh, he does add a thank you, love. And Luna makes this strangled noise at the back of her throat because he's just wasting away and she, it just kills her, you know. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's got... His knuckles are kind of roughened or braided, mm-hmm. and uh, she's and his uniform is torn a little bit. And she says, "Oh, we're, you were fighting again, basically." And first, she says, "Please, please tell me you were attacked by a frumious Bandersnatch on the way mm-hmm. home. You weren't actually fighting. You weren't actually fighting, but, but was, yeah. he was. Um, he was fighting because Malfoy was mm-hmm. down at the pub and made some." Nasty comments, uh, as Malfoy want to do, mm-hmm. and Ron took a swing at him. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And probably messed up his pretty face a little bit, which, you know, Malfoy deserves. And then he kind of mm-hmm. collapses, and they... Yes, and Ron can't quite remember what it was he might have said at this point. Mm-mm. He's kind of trying to think of it, but uh, there, there was something, he's, he's sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Luna says, you know, he's pretty far gone. He did it quickly tonight. So usually he nurses the drink and and goes far into the night. But because it's getting close to the anniversary, he's drinking faster to help him forget. So they just kind of magically drag him off to bed and drop him on it. Mm-hmm. And he's and at one point when when Ron is trying to you know justify his brawl that he had, Luna makes a comment about you know. You have to start thinking of the consequences, and if you get kicked off another team, you might never make professional Quidditch again. And Ron tries to brush this off, but then he also says that Luna sounds like Hermione. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit then. Because yeah. that's the kind of thing Hermione would have said to him. And, of course, all three of them are kind of taken aback by that, and Harry's has to go and struggle against his memories again. Mm-hmm. And well, and he just this happens all every time. Apparently, Ron will 
come home and he'll be completely drunk and then he'll make some sort of remark about Hermione and Harry will have to either have to restrain himself from hitting Ron or obliviating himself and then he'll go into a panic about the very idea of obliviating himself because he never, even though all, thinking about Hermione hurts so much, he never wants to actually forget her either. Yeah. And Ron's apparently a very talkative drunk, so he's, you know, going on about, was all my fault, you know, my fault, I was supposed to watch her, and, and this is new. Harry hasn't heard this before, and apparently, you know, this is something that's been weighing on Ron's mind, and so it's coming out now that he's really drunk. And he says, uh, you know, she's gone, you told me to watch over her, it was my fault. He was laughing, and Luna's like, who was laughing? And the ferret. Ferret said it was my fault, and he was laughing. And that's when we find out it was Malfoy that he tried to fight. And then he brings up Bellatrix. And, you know, Harry's, like, practically shouting at him now. What do you mean, Bellatrix? What are you talking about? And She's also been gone for five years. Yep. And, you know, they think Remus killed her. I mean, Remus fired a shot at her or nearly killed her. No, yeah. Remus killed her nearly five years ago. Boy, I read that very backwards. Killed her nearly, and I read that as nearly killed her. Maybe I shouldn't yeah. have had the whole mics already. <laughs> oh, dear. So. There are only two of us. I know, but I've only had one, so we're good. And uh, at this point, of course, Ron has completely passed out, and they can't get him to clarify what he was mm-hmm. talking about at all. And Luna tries to say, oh, no, you can't have been talking about Bellatrix. He probably saw a red-crested peckletrish or something. Mm-hmm. Peltrakesh. And uh, he was mispronouncing it, and uh, Harry's not buying it. No, Harry's (laughs) not buying it at all. Nope, nope, nope. And unfortunately, apparently, Draco has somehow hung on to both his father's money and his political influence. So uh, Ron getting in a bar brawl with Malfoy is not a good thing, especially since he's already kind of on probation with the Quidditch League. Um, And, of course, Malfoy will have needled him somehow and got him to do mm-hmm. got him to go off but um, he's also quite capable of manipulating the various management levels and such and getting wrong kicked off his team so right yeah there's it's you wonder if there's more to this than just Malfoy being Malfoy because he seems to be you know really needling and why would he be at the pub that Ron's at anyhow unless he really went looking for him kind of mm-hmm. a thing. So you do kind of have these these thoughts as you're reading it. And then Luna yeah. asks Harry, whoa, Luna asks Harry if he's going to go to Hogwarts. And he says, well, yeah, I always do. And he has this ritual that he does on each anniversary of the end of the war and the end of Voldemort. And so he'll mm-hmm. probably do that. Yes. And sometimes he sees Hermione's parents there, but most often they'll go to the graveyard, which he never does, because mm-hmm. he doesn't believe Hermione's dead. Um, right. And he just, he'll go and sort of see all, most of the parts of Hogwarts that were important to him and to mm-hmm. her. And he'll go to Dumbledore's tomb, and he'll go um He goes and sees Dobby to, uh, in the kitchens, and he sees Hagrid. But he never goes anywhere near the library, because no. that's too much, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luna has asked... um McGonagall at some point about that. And uh, she said, no, he, he, if he has to go past there, he goes in a sprint. Yeah. 
And she's thinking to herself, well, Sunday, it'll be over for another year, and things will get a little bit better until the next year. Yeah. And we move on. This Saturday is the, the anniversary. Mm-hmm. And on to Chapter 3. If the website will actually load, mm-hmm. that is. Yeah. So we have Harry at the ministry, and he's strolling at a rapid clip with his oral robes billowing impressively behind him, which makes me think of Snape. Uh, he's, he's had an urgent memo from Luna mm-hmm. that Ron, Ron is got in kicked off the team. Trouble. Yeah, he's been sacked. Mm-hmm. And he's striding down the corridor and runs right into who else but Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy? Couldn't yeah. be. And, you know, typical Potter is a menace both in and out of his department, comes the sneering voice. And, of mm-hmm. course, he is going to do everything he can to goad Harry, just like he tried to goad or did goad Ron the night before. So, and Harry tries to keep his temper. He really does. He tells Malfoy to get out of his way, and he's just going to keep going. But Malfoy's, Malfoy's not giving up. not going to give up. Yeah. I do like this a little bit. Um, he's, uh, you know, talking about, Oh, Weasley didn't have any more consideration than you. He didn't apologize for running into me and should have seen what he did to my robes. And uh, Harry notices he's got uh, residual glow from healing charms around his teeth. So uh, mm-hmm. Ron knocked some teeth out. <laughs> yeah, he did. Go, Ron. Mm-hmm. So. Anyhow. Um, and, Ron, and Harry and yes. says, you, he says you laughed at him. And... Uh, Malfoy's like, yeah, I tried to stop myself, but there was just so much material. You know, pathetic sod was slobbering in his cups and moaning over the loss of that mudblood. And Harry's just losing his temper just a little inch at a time. And Malfoy's just going to keep Harry's chest, you know, hanging on with the, just the tips of his fingers. He he doesn't want to go off on Malfoy, but he's, he's about ready to lose it. And Malfoy's mm-hmm. going to just pick at him until he does. Yeah, turns the screws just a little more, and uh, eventually Carrie's got Malfoy pinned against the wall, mm-hmm. um, and he almost throttles him, basically, but gets caught at it by Tonks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's she pretty much calls him off. I'm gonna sneeze here in a minute. Bless you. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. And you know, Harry's like, "Nice chatting with you, Malfoy." Yeah. Or, that's what Malfoy says. Nice chatting with you, Harry. It's a shame what happened, really, five years ago, right? And you just, you know, you just feel Harry's blood pressure rising. Because mm-hmm. he's just... But lucky for him, and, it's Tonks that has him. And Tonks is yes. on his and side. And one of, one of the things that's interesting about this story, um, this doesn't immediately come to light, but I believe it's in this chunk of chapters that Harry starts to work things out, so it mm-hmm. works okay. Is that Malfoy just can't give up. He doesn't let go, and if he had, you know, um, reined himself in a little bit and just left, Harry wouldn't have started to think about anything mm-hmm. that goes on in this fic, and this entire fic would have basically not happened, but uh, Malfoy undermines all his own plans by not being able to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's it. He's talking about, he just can't. You know, oh, it's, it's so terrible. You know, five years ago, just knocked the universe right out of balance, didn't it? And you'd never be the same. Life has no meaning, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So sad. Then Tonks is trying to get him to move along. 
And he says, oh, yes, yes, absolutely. You're a credit to your department, done like some. You really should discuss blah, 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 yeah. and does not move along. No. And then he <laughs> and, says, um, do they haunt you, Potter? And Harry's like, what are you talking about? Her eyes. Do her eyes haunt you? Mm-hmm. And Lost, bewildered, forever separate. Yeah. And Harry can tell there's something new, and he's not just needling him now. There's some, and Tonks is just sort of staring at him and going, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? And finally, Tonks manages to get him to go away. Yeah. And she tries to give Harry a little bit of a lecture because if you don't, you know, rein yourself in and, and not respond to these kind of things, you're just going to get yourself in trouble and, um, then you won't be any help to anyone at all. Right. But he's not in the mood. And he, at one point, he calls her a psychopath because she's uh, talking about, you know, you, st- you have to learn to be a little bit, you have to learn to follow the politics a little bit. And, you know, what, don't you care at all about your career? And uh, he calls her a psychopath and she says, well, I have people to care about, to care for besides myself. And uh, I have, I have other people to worry about. And he says, I don't. Right. So. And he says, you know, Malfoy should be an Azkaban. He really should be. And she says, but he's not. And Hermione's dead. And you have to come to grips with this. And he says, I can't. And then he just starts to walk away. I have to go check on Ron. And she tries to call him back, but he just keeps going. Yeah. And we, at this point, Harry was heading down to the Department of Mysteries to see Luna first and then mm-hmm. to see Ron. But, yeah, he's decided just to go home. Yeah. And he apparates into the flat with this really loud crack. And we find out that he can apparate nearly silently. So Ron knows that he must be pretty upset. Because if he's lost that much control of himself that he's operating with noise, then he must not be in a very good mood. And he's not. <laughs> because he's just had his own run-in with Malfoy. And Harry's going, he's trying to, you know, he's really sorry about Ron being kicked off the team. And if Ron asks him to, he will, you know, step up and defend him. And mm-hmm. Ron doesn't want him to do that because he's got enough on his plate as it is. Because after five years, the tide has turned. Right after the war, they were heroes. They were the kids that could do no wrong. They were the saviors. And now that everything has calmed down, public opinion has started to change. And Harry's just, you know, he's a screw-up. He's doing all these things, and he, he's hot-headed, mm-hmm. and he's reckless, and the minister doesn't like him. And he never quite follows directions. Right. And, you know, he'll go... After Death Eaters, he doesn't hold back at all when mm-hmm. they think he should. Yeah. yeah. Rather just, you know, kill him than stun him and bring him off to jail. And I think probably most of the time he's in a situation where it's kill or be killed, but they don't see it that way. So they just kind of blame him for everything, and, and the public opinion on him is turned. So he, mm-hmm. Ron's worried that he's going to lose his job, too, because that's kind of you know, Malfoy's going for a, a double hitter here. And that's why Ron yeah. doesn't want him to stick up for him. Yeah, and he says, you know, it was um it was his fault for reacting to Malfoy because that's what Malfoy wants. He just wants to get a rise out of them and especially if it's one of them. Um and Harry wants to know what exactly did Malfoy say to you? Because he's already starting to think that some of the stuff Malfoy just said to him was a little weird. Mm-hmm. And what he said no, 
You said he was saying things about Hermione. Uh, what, exact, what exactly did he say? Can you remember at all? And Ron was too far into the drink to really remember much. And Harry's like, try, you have to try. And he's remembering the things that Malfoy said. Knocked everything off balance, didn't it? Universe will never be the same. And do they haunt you, Potter, her eyes? Lost, bewildered, and confused. Harry's Harry's starting to put things together, and he wants Ron to help him, but Ron just can't. Mm -hmm. All he remembers is Malfoy said it was his fault, and Mm -hmm. he's pretty sure he was right. Yeah. And so we're on to chapter four. And Harry says, no, you don't, you don't mean that it was your fault. And this is where we start to learn a little bit more about what happened. Mm-hmm. Ron says, yes, it, it was my fault because you, you know, you were going off to fight Voldemort and we were there at the edge of the forest and I was supposed to stay with her, but we started arguing mm-hmm. because we do that. And Harry's like, oh, Rob, you, he didn't have a fight with her in the middle of a battle. And yes, 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 he did. In the middle of a bloody battle with Voldemort? Yeah. And it, and part of it was because Hermione and Harry were starting to have feelings for each other. And that sort of came out a little bit in their goodbye that they had just before Harry left. And Ron called her on it. Ron wanted to know if there was something in between them or something between them. Because mm-hmm. apparently Ron and Hermione were a thing, but they had broken up sometime earlier. Yeah. And she kissed him on the cheek when he was leaving. Mm-hmm. I think we spotted in an earlier chapter. That that was one of the things Harry remembered before he pins Malfoy up against the wall. Yeah. And, of course, neither of them were at a stage at that point to really think that they had feelings for each other or that the other one had feelings for them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she denies it and says, oh, that's ridiculous. Why would you even think such, something like that? And they start arguing. And, you know, they weren't shouting because it was in the middle of battle, but it was still, it was one of their uh, Weasley Granger arguments. And mm-hmm. he ends up stalking off along the path in front of her. And, you know, he's expecting her to follow, even though they're um, misted each other. But that's when she got attacked. Right. And he, you know, he heard there was something going on behind him. There was raised voices. And then she screams and he turns around and tries to run back and, and trips over a tree root or, or steps, steps in a, in a hole, hole and or something. breaks his leg. Oh, I just hear yeah. that bone snap. I can feel this. This is really, I mean, it's, it's not even much that's on the page that's written, but it's enough that I can feel it. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just because I have bad knees, but I just, yeah. I'm feeling sorry for Ron and his broken leg right here. <laughs> yeah. And by the time he, you know, could get his bearings through the pain of his leg just breaking, mm-hmm. uh, Hermione's gone. And all of it, he, you know, he can hear that there's a fight going on. And Bellatrix Lestrange says some weird thing in Latin. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as when he finally... um gets there. Uh, well, when Harry comes back, this is where we come to Harry's recollections again. When, mm-hmm. when he is coming back from his big battle uh, with Voldemort, uh, which apparently happened at Dumbledore's tomb in this universe. Right. Um, he's, you know, kind of just walking one foot in front of the other, and that's all he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes across Ron, who's dragging himself along the path towards this clearing in the forest. And they yeah. just 
Where they can't Hermione? find Hermione. Where Where is she? And that's when they see Remus is there, and he's bleeding. He's been in a fight himself, mm-hmm. and Remus tells, tells them, them she's gone. She's gone, yeah. And Ron confesses, I've wanted to tell you this so many times, but I didn't know how you'd react. And I'd already lost her, and I didn't want to lose you. And, you know, I left her there. I left her. Mm-hmm. And Harry's just crazy at this point. He doesn't quite know what to think. He he yeah. says, it wasn't you, it was Bellatrix. Bellatrix did it. And he's starting to, you know, he's starting to tear up. And yeah. he, he starts to maybe say it was Bellatrix who killed her, but he can't say the word. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks about what Malfoy said again. Yeah. And he's like, he, he used the words lost, bewildered, and confused, but not in pain or dead. Right. And he's, you know, if, if Malfoy, Malfoy being Malfoy, he would have wanted to taunt him with the worst that he could. Right. Um, why, even if he was, you know, if he was there or if he heard about it, wouldn't he want to, you know, uh, I, I heard she got her head cut off or what, whatever else mm-hmm. might have happened. Um, yeah. And he would that's have what the sort of thing he would have dead. said. And he didn't. So he's just, Harry doesn't really know quite what to think at this point, but there's little uh, cogs turning in his brain. And, and he's, you know, everything's pretty fuzzy because he's been uh, working 16 hours a day or whatever for the past three weeks because mm-hmm. it's coming up to the anniversary and he just can't think. And now he's got this new stuff that he's trying to work out in his head and he can't really... Yeah, he's got too much going on. It's kind of tough to read, really, because they none of none of them are in a very healthy place at no. this point, and you just want them to try and figure out something because hopefully that'll help. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and Harry wants to talk to somebody. Harry wants to talk to somebody like from the other side. You know, they're either all in Azkaban or they were killed in the fighting. And mm-hmm. how would Malfoy know? these things because they've proven that he was not there. They have people that say that they saw him in a totally different place. Yeah, he and was they in have his lots villa of witnesses France. and stuff. But Malfoy knows things that he shouldn't know. And Harry says, you know, I wonder okay. if Bellatrix Harry's starting to wonder if Bellatrix can still be alive. And Ron's like, no, Remus killed her. Remus killed her right after she killed Hermione. You know. Yeah. He vaporized her, apparently. Yeah. And Harry's just, you know, that, that yeah. little niggling thought is just there. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out how could Malfoy have learned these things mm-hmm. if he wasn't there. And he he wouldn't have gone to Azkaban to talk to the Death Eaters who were convicted in, in Azkaban because he wouldn't want to, um, you know, taint his political image. No. Uh, he's still got his family money and he doesn't want to lose that. But Bellatrix was never in Azkaban because she was vaporized. And she was there because Ron heard her voice. Right. And And Remus saw her. Yeah. And Ron just thinks Harry's gone nuts at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And and they they both are, like, uh, really looking very sickly. There's some tough description of this in here. Like, Harry's face is completely white. Uh, while he's trying to work this out. And you said Bellatrix last night when you were drunk. Uh, Malfoy was asking about her eyes, and 
he try, he kind of tries to describe some of his thoughts, but he can't really he can't articulate, articulate it very well. No, no. And he's but he's thinking, you know, I thought maybe she meant he meant that she wasn't actually dead after all, and there was something. And he just can't he can't finish his sentence. No, he can't. He says, "Okay, maybe I can talk to Remus. He was there. Maybe maybe he could shed some light on what was going on." And um, Ron just says, "Okay, don't don't bring this up right now. This this is a terrible time to do this. And you should you just try and calm down and maybe accept things a little bit because mm-hmm. you know I've accepted that." This was my fault, and I just have to live with it. And, but yeah. Harry just won't accept that. And no. and he's even thinking, if only I died when I should have 22 years ago. If I had died as a baby, none of this would have happened, and Hermione would still be alive. He wouldn't have known her. Everything would have been different, but she'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he can't and he is. Way. He is kind of starting to get angry with Ron because, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's said earlier, well, it, it was Bellatrix who killed her. It wasn't you. And, and he knows that and he's trying to, you know, it wasn't Ron's fault. He's still kind of angry with him for, um, getting into some stupid argument in the middle of the battle and leaving her on her own. And mm-hmm. he, he can't quite push it all away. Like he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to put that on Ron because he knows it's not really his fault and that's not true but he still has some angry feelings about that but just he's going to go back to the office yeah he can't deal with being in the same house with ron right now mm-hmm. um, he needs something to do and uh, so he goes back to work ron and... go ahead. is probably going to go back to the pub because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he's lost his job and it's pretty much his fault and he figures that's pretty. That's a situation that calls for drinking, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be there when the howlers start showing up. Right. And Harry just says, "Okay, um, you know, just stay here because Luna's really re- worried about you. You should be here when she's home, and you two could talk." And Ron just stares at him for a bit, and then he kind of laughs. It's not. It's not really a a real laugh as such, but he's like mm-hmm. this. <laughs> We're pretty terrible because, you know, we, we both have all this great advice for each other and our we own lives are terribly it. screwed up. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, but isn't that always the case? You can always give good advice to somebody else, but you don't take it for yourself. So that's, yeah. So Harry goes to the office and he's barely been there long enough to sit down. And Kingsley comes in and says, all right, we need to talk. You should not have had this run-in with Malfoy. And then he sort of looks around and says, don't you ever file anything? His <laughs> office is completely stacked with papers, so apparently. He tries to sit down on the charity cat because there's papers all over the place. And Harry's like, I've been busy. And we find He's out running that, a little behind. that Malfoy went to Percy Weasley. Ah, Percy. And, of course, Percy went straight to the minister. Who is apparently Scrimger mm-hmm. in this Kingsley is still ahead of the ore department. Yeah. And uh, and the minister was not very happy, Kingsley yeah. says, understatedly. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So Harry's got another reprimand in his file, which Harry could care less about. But Kings is like, you know, you've got to think about these things because if you get enough of them, they're going to fire you. You already have, you have and, four reprimands now. This, this is the fourth. Mm-hmm. And 
And Harry's like, Kingsley's kind of going, getting a little sharp with him, and he says, "Okay, what's what's up?" And Kingsley says, "I know it's been tough for you, and thing, things have been rough, and you've had a bad hand to start with, and it's gotten worse as things have gone on. And I don't regret having stepped up for you at any point, but public is kind of starting to forget." the final mm-hmm. battle and stuff. And unless you, you know, suck it up and go pose for publicity shots with the minister or something that they want you to do, they are going to do their best to get you out of the way. Out of the way. Or a speed bump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I won't be able to do anything about it. Yeah. You're a good aura, Harry. A damn good one. And you've got good instincts. I don't want to lose you. And I don't mm-hmm. think she'd want you to chuck it and run either. So even Kingsley's throwing Hermione in his face. Yeah, because he's guessed that that's what happened with Malfoy. Mm-hmm. He's brought he brought her up sometime. Yeah. And Harry says yes, yes he did, and she would be the last person to want me to lick someone's boots in the name of conformity or just to keep my job. Mm-hmm. And before they can kind of continue whatever they're going to do with this confrontation, which is the tension is getting pretty thick in there. Uh, the intern who comes running in because there's an urgent flu call from Neville over yes. Longbottom because they've found Dullahoff. Dullahoff. It was, um, dun, dun, I think dun, dun. when, when Harry first came home, this is the case they've been working on for mm-hmm. the last while. He's one of the major death eaters that's still out there. Yeah. They, they, they've been looking for him. And Neville's mm-hmm. found him, I believe, on a tip from Harry. Harry kind of figured it out. And Neville went investigating and, and found it. But we don't jump to that when uh, in the next chapter. Chapter 5 starts with Luna coming home. Mm-hmm. And Ron is actually there. Yeah. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Usually he's off at the pub getting drunk. And he does have a glass of something, but the ice has been sitting there melting. So mm-hmm. he hasn't touched it for a while. Yeah, it's mostly water at this point. And, you know, and Luna's trying to be upbeat and Luna-like, and she's like, where's Harry? And he said, well, he went back to work. And, well, maybe he'll come home in time for the three of us to have dinner. We haven't. And, you know, Ron cuts her off. I don't think he'll be here anytime soon. Yeah, because you know how he gets this time of year. Mm-hmm. And Ron says she's trying to find out how he is. And he says, yeah, I'm not so great. But uh, he's not really going into that. Mm-hmm. And Ron says he was he's in love with her, isn't he? And Luna confirms it for him because she thinks he always has been, but they just didn't realize it until mm-hmm. it was too late. The very end, Ron. they just sort of sit there in silence for a while, and then Ron blurts out that he told him. Yeah, um, she has no idea what he's talking about. Told him mm-hmm. what? And Ron tells her that it was his fault as well. So this has been eating at Ron probably for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And he finally feels sorry enough for himself to actually verbalize it, I think. Because, I, I, you know, it's been eating at him and eating at him, and he's been drinking and picking fights and all this stuff. But it's finally come to a head because he's lost his job and everything. And now he has more of a reason to feel sorry for himself. And he's just heaping more and more blame upon himself, I I think. I mean, that's the way I'm seeing this, is he's, you know, he's gotten to the point that he's lost his job and now, see, it really was my fault. I'm such a screw-up. Mm-hmm. And he's just t- taking more and, and more on. 
I think part of it is the fact that Malfoy has brought this up directly mm-hmm. um, because he's he's never talked about it with anybody before. He's just internalized everything. And so now he's just, he's telling the world, basically. And um, Luna has sort of, she's had an idea that there was more going on at the final battle than Ron was saying because, you know, he always had nightmares and there were cryptic, cryptic ramblings and... um he had been taking sessions with a mind healer that he just stopped mm-hmm. at one point. And she's, you know, always tried to be as much her former whimsical self as possible because that seems to calm him down, even though she often doesn't really feel like that. But she knows there was something going on and, and now she's found out. She's found out what it is, what it was. And she says, you know, you shouldn't have kept this in, held this by yourself for so long. And, he doesn't think he deserves any support because mm-hmm. it's his fault. And he's thinking about what Harry's face looked like when he told him. And he goes up. He's going to get another drink. Mm-hmm. And Luna's he asks for it. Yeah. He asks if she loves if uh, she loves him. Mm-hmm. And she says yes. She's loved him from the first time he spoke to her. And possibly before that because Ginny talked about it all the time. And um, he just, he says, I'm not good enough for you, and I probably never will be. And that that doesn't stop him from taking his next drink, because mm-hmm. that's all he's got left, he thinks. Yeah. And he says, you know, she tries to stop him, and he says, no, this is all I have. And she's like, it's not true. And he says, I abandoned my friend on the battlefield, and she's dead. And it's ruined my life and Harry's life and everything. You don't understand. Everything is wrong. And... He goes on and on, and she says, well, then the Whirlypuff was wrong. She mutters this to herself. And Ron's like, what are you talking about? And she says, you were in love with her, too. And Ron said, no, I thought I was. I wanted to be, but I never was. Not not like Harry is in love with her. Mm-hmm. And The Whirlypuff thing is a reference to what she's said a few paragraphs back when the morning she wore that lion hat to, to the Quidditch game when... Ron made his big save and everything. Mm-hmm. She'd seen a whirly puff spinning anti-clockwise outside her dorm window, which apparently means the love of your life is about to do something grand. Right. And so she figures that was him. But mm-hmm. if he's if he's insisting that he doesn't deserve her and and she shouldn't be here is something he says because you you remind you just remind us that she's not right. Uh, and he, yeah, he's just, he feels so sorry for himself. And he's hurting her and he doesn't even know it, saying these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at and that bedroom door first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And all I can think of is she's not here. Yeah, because it was supposed to be the three of them in the flat together. Mm-hmm. They'd they bought this flat before the battle, apparently. Or they'd, or they'd had plans about it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, supposed to be the way it was. They were just going to keep going on from Hogwarts as the three of them because they'd done that for so long. But um, it didn't work out that way. No. He he admits here, this version of Ron anyway, didn't really love Hermione. He thought he did right. for quite a while, but he doesn't think he was capable of loving her the way she should have been. And and he's he's feeling sorry for himself. He's mm-hmm. thinking, maybe I'm maybe I can't love anyone the way they they deserve meaning her, 
Yeah, and, and then he realizes, he sees it in her face that he's hurt her. And he's like, oh, look, now I've made you upset. Hat trick for Weasley, because he's upset everybody. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go back to the pub. And she tries to stop him, but he just, he has to go. He doesn't even look back. And she sits there alone and in the alone in the dark, empty apartment. And, you know, it's this unwanted reminder of a defunct, sad fox, 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 say that word. Trio. trio. I knew I was doing it wrong. You know, mm-hmm. while the two boys she loves most in the world self-destruct around her, and there's yeah. nothing she can do. And she's yeah. feeling worthless, helpless, useless. Mm-hmm. Everything is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's another foreshadowing. We, we have these little yeah. foreshadowings throughout these chapters that once you get far enough, you're like, oh, that's what that means. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. this is a really tough beginning this mm-hmm. of the story. It's hard to get through enough of it. Kind of why I didn't uh, want to stop on this chapter, because at this point, they're all just really not doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> so we shift again to Harry. He's in there in Ukraine. They're at the several levels beneath the entrance to Ukrainian Ministry of Magic, mm-hmm. because uh, that's that's where they've they have Dolokhov held, and he's yeah, and they're pacing because they won't let Harrier Neville in. It's just Shacklebolt and the Ukrainian Shacklebolt's Ukrainian counterpart, I think, in there, and and Harry, Harry wants to be in there talking to him. him. Yeah, that's just yeah, and Neville's kind of trying to calm him down a little bit because you know. And Harry says, I don't see why they won't let me talk to him. And Neville says, maybe because the last time you lethally hexed the guy before they found out anything from him. Oops. <laughs> yeah. So they come out and, and Harry's like, what did he say? What did he say? And Kingsley says, nothing. Cocky bastard. He knows he's going to go back to England and then he'll get the kiss and he's not talking. And Harry says, well, give him very serum. And, you know, he can shake off the effects. There's no nothing we're going to get from him. He's got yeah. cruciatus residue in his brain, so we think he's crazy, or at least the Ukrainians think he's crazy. And Harry's like, let me talk to him. I will get something out of him. But they're not going to do that because the last time he uh, hurt somebody, and it turned out it was Peter, which, you know, you can't really blame him for mm-hmm. hexing Peter, but they apparently yeah. can. So Harry, I, the way I got, I took it, and let's see if you took it the same way. Harry sort of creates this situation where there's a distraction, or does he just capitalize on it? It seems like he played with his wand under his shirt sleeve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he does. Because Neville offers to go in with him uh, uh-huh. to kind of hold him back, and they don't go for that either. Or Kingsley doesn't seem like he's maybe going for that, and... Harry doesn't want to wait, so he just sort of points his finger at the door and sets off one of the alarms. Yeah. He murmurs a one-less incantation, and Neville's the only one who catches it. (laughs) And the a ward has gone down, and they're all yeah. He's taken down a ward, and so there's an alarm. And Kingsley wants to know what's going on, and Neville knows what's going on because he saw Harry do it. So he Mm -hmm. says, you know, a ward's gone down, and they all. Or no, actually, he he know, he just knows what that alarm is because, because he's, he's been, been there here so for a long. While. Yeah, yeah. 
And Harry yeah. wrenches open the door and plunges inside and closes it. And Dolohoff's waiting for him. I knew you'd be here, lurking like a pathetic vulture. And Harry says, mm -hmm. you ought to tell him what you know. You know, it might give you a few ticks in the good column at the end. And Dolohoff's like, I'm not telling him anything. I'll die before I betray the brethren. Yeah, because he's he's not going to get off even if he yeah. tells him a bunch. So nope. he's not going to worry about it. And Harry go. Harry's basically being the bad cop from all the mm -hmm. um, cop dramas. Yeah, he goes up and stares at him and says, "Death is too good for you." And Dolohoff says, "Ah, oh, you won't do anything for me. You get kicked out." And Harry says, "Oh, I'm the boy who lived. I could do anything. They wouldn't care." And uh, Dolohoff's like, "Nah." Yeah. Do you think we don't pay Watch attention? You. We we know about your reprimands, the ministry, your sad, sad life. Mm -hmm. And he wants to know who's we. And uh, Dahl has says, oh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I just asked that question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, As uh, he wraps Dahlhoff's head non too gently against the wall. Mm -hmm. mm. And Harry says, okay, well, if you've been watching me so closely, you know all this stuff, why haven't you tried to kill me? And Apparently, this is much more fun mm -hmm. to watch him basically collapse um, rather than take him out. Yeah, and, but he says Bellatrix was Bellatrix was right. I didn't believe her, but she was right. And Harry's just, you know, his hand starts trembling as he tries not to close his fingers around the wand and hex him. Mm -hmm. and, and apparently, it was Bellatrix's plan to take out Hermione because mm -hmm. that would bring down Harry. Right. Um, he couldn't go on without her. Uh, but unfortunately, they didn't do it before he killed, or they did it at the same time that he was killing Voldemort, so their plan didn't really work the way they had planned for it to work. Mm -hmm. And Dolohov says, you know, he never thought of Mudblood could possibly matter so much, but mm -hmm. apparently, you know, here he is being a wreck because she's not there. And Harry goes nuts. What about Hermione? What do you know about Hermione? And Dolohoff, you know, grins at him and he says, Bellatrix is right. There are things worse than death. And he and then, clicks his teeth together and Harry realizes that he's just popped a cyanide pill or the wizard equivalent to a cyanide pill. Yeah, and a potion capsule. A potion capsule. And, you know, where is she? Where is she? Harry's like, and Dolohoff says, she's not. And he dies. Harry's like, no! Yeah, because he and they come in and they're dragging him out of the cell, mm -hmm. and that is almost where we ended it. But uh, we're going to be a little nicer than that. Yes, we'll be a little nicer and keep going, <laughs> since it's Scott and I, and we're okay with staying up later since we're not on the mm. East Coast where it's so late. Yes, and I guess that actually wouldn't have been a terrible place to end. But yeah, yeah. Thing, things are not really going very well for them at this point. No. So we wanted to. It on a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So we have poor Harry. He's in a conference room and he's got all these people around him and they're not happy with him to say the least. Yeah. He's trying to insist that he didn't do anything. And they're like, well, you were obviously, you know, banging the prisoner's head against the wall and, well, I wanted some answers. And <laughs> did you actually get any? Well, um, sort of. Not really. Um, he knew something about what happened to Hermione. And, of course, that's one of the worst things he could have said because they all think he's crazy about that. Mm -hmm. It's just he's been after what's going on with Hermione for five years. And, um, 
Yeah. It was about revenge. Dolohoff knew the details, stories, details about my life, and he says he's been watching me, and they don't believe him. Who? Who's been watching? He says, I don't know. He said the brethren. There must be other Death Eaters. And his last words were, she's not. And the Ukrainian, the Ukrainian's like, she's not what? And Harry says, I think, I thought he was going to say she's not dead. But they yeah. don't believe him. And he says, well, he mm-hmm. talked about Bellatrix too. And they're like, well, Bellatrix yeah. is dead. We know that. We don't even know, you don't even know who Dolohoff was talking to when he said she. Yeah. And he, men- he mentions, you know, that Bellatrix, it was Bellatrix's scheme. There was something about Hermione. And Kingsley says, well, yes, that could very well have been planning to kill her. It doesn't necessarily mean they did something else. But Harry doesn't believe that either. He said there are things worse, worse than death, and she is pretty sure is referring to what they did to Hermione. And Kingsley says, well, yes, but he said that right before he poisoned himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he was talking about killing himself that way instead of getting the kiss. And yeah, that would possibly work too. So Harry's not quite sure about what he should think now. He he still he he was so sure that this was all about Hermione, and now he's not as sure. Um, right, and they're going to try to blame the the potion vial on him. You know, they they're going to they're going to try to make it off that he poisoned him, that he killed Dalahoff. And Harry's like, I did not. And they said, Well, we've got you know wards. We've it's all recorded. We'll be able to tell. And Harry's like, fine, you'll be able to tell I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But he's he didn't. He says, I didn't want him dead. And um, the capsule was already in his mouth, and he broke it himself. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're going to investigate thoroughly. Yes. But so the Ukrainians leave, and uh, Harry is left to talk to Kingsley, and he says, they can't arrest me because of the potion capsule. Right. right. He says, no, they can't. Well, they can arrest you, but their investigation isn't going to turn anything up. It was clear that Dolohov had no intention of living long enough to be kissed. And I'm pretty sure you're not a murderer. But you are going to get more reprimands, and that probably means you're going to be sacked. Right. So, so Harry now has a time limit. because mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's, through the weekend. Yeah. He heads back out to the ministry, and he's just tired because he's been working long hours for weeks, and he is uh, emotionally exhausted with all of this stuff, and he's just not in great shape mm-hmm. generally. No, but at least he didn't—he didn't get—he didn't have to spend the night in detention in Ukraine because he didn't turn up on the monitoring spells. So mm-hmm. he did get to go home, but he just doesn't really care, and this. Is Saturday. It's the this is the anniversary day right now, and he's going up to Hogwarts tomorrow. And he's been up for thirty six hours, but he can't think about going to bed. So he's just kind of wandering through Diagon Alley. And I have to say, as um, when I have been up for even twenty four hours, there's there's not really a whole lot you can do mentally. You just sort Mm -hmm. of go on autopilot, and so. 36 hours, he's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and he's just kind of aimlessly wandering, and he finds himself at a statue, at a a fountain with a statue in it. And it's 
basically a shrine to the three of them. The heroes of Hogwarts, Harry, Hermione, and Ron, and, and then around the pedestal are the names of all the fighters lost in the conflict. And this no. place is called Victory Square, and it's a, a new little development in di- Diagonale. And, you know, he didn't really want him to do this, and the only way that he agreed to it was if they put Ron and Hermione on there with him. Mm-hmm. And, and they gave Hermione a book. Yeah, he, that was the only thing he asked the sculptor to do, was to give her a book. And it's sort of like, you know, it's kind of out of sight, and it's almost like she forgot she had it, which he kind of thinks to himself that that is totally possible, that, you know, she'd have a book tucked on her somewhere that she'd totally forget she'd have. And, and I can see that. Yeah, it's and, just under her arm. Mm-hmm. And because I think they'd already kind of started carving it, and so they just sort of added it in when he Stuck was in insisting there. there had to be a book. Mm-hmm. But it works out for what Hermione would have been like. Yeah. And so Harry, basically Harry finally breaks down. He's yeah. been running on autopilot for the past three days, and he just Snaps. Sits, uh, sits on the fountain and starts to cry. Or I guess he's just sort of leaning on it. And he looks up at the fountain again, and he can see the three of them, and he just... He can't stand it. He doesn't, no. he doesn't like the statue. This is not really the way any of them are anymore. Cause, uh, he and Ron are not like that. Hermione's gone and it, the whole thing is just broken. And they, he doesn't think they ever really looked that heroic. And, um, so he just takes out his wand and starts blasting. Yeah. He just reductos it. And, you know, his voice is low and tear clogged, but. It still smashes through the anti-vandalism wards and blows it to smithereens. And then we shift again to Luna, mm-hmm. coming in to the spare room, and Harry's sitting in there, which is weird. Well, he usually... is, is that where he is? Yeah. Um, she had pe- she... He peered into her room. I thought he her eyes flickered uncertainly into the darkness. Oh, yes. It's the living he, area of the he's flat. In, he's in the living room. Sitting She's in the coming... dark. She's coming down the hall towards the spare room right? because she's she been in Ron's Ron. room and she looked in at Harry's room and he wasn't there. And now she's about to go into the room she's been using, but she sees him sitting in the living room mm-hmm. and he, you know, doesn't want to, he's sorry for waking her. And she says, I, I wasn't, I was just going to bed. Yeah. It, it speaks volumes to how broken her and Ron's relationship is that she's followed him in and, you know, comforted him in his room, but she won't stay and sleep in there. Yeah. She goes back to her own room and she's, you know, she says, I was just going to bed. And Harry says, I wasn't judging you. And she says, yes, you were. But yeah, it doesn't matter he... because I was judging myself too. Mm-hmm. And um, Harry lets him know, lets her know that uh, they, that Neville found Dollhog mm-hmm. and he's dead now. Yeah. And Luna says she's glad and wants to know if he's okay. And he says, no, not really. Yeah. He's not. It's today, and, you know. Yeah. And he confesses that Ron told him about what happened mm-hmm. and wants to know if she'd known. And she lets him know what we saw earlier. She suspected but hadn't really known anything particular. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and wants to know if he's angry about it. And he says, hmm. He he basically can't really bring himself to feel anything about it right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he yeah, tried being angry because that was something to feel about it, but 
it kind of hurts to look at Ron right now, but he's not angry. Mm-hmm. And Ron is afraid that he will be. Right. And, uh, they end up and just they, saying goodnight, going their separate yeah. ways. And they head off to bed, thinking about their various regrets. Mm-hmm. And on into Chapter 7. 7. And Harry has had a nightmare. Mm-hmm. He wakes up from a nightmare. He's just having all Dolohov and Bellatrix laughing at him. and <laughs> Hermione and all these disquieting images. And he finally just gets himself up. He's, yeah. he's kind of lying there thinking and he realizes he just can't do that anymore. And, you know, it really is running over the things that Malfoy and Dolohov have said in his mm-hmm. mind and trying to put things together. And he has a little bit of a brief memory of Hermione when they said goodbye again. And she kissed and, him on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And he just sits up, pulls himself from the bed, and pulls out some clothes that just happen to be whatever's there and heads off to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he's going to head out to work again before anybody's awake if he can manage it. And but, Ron is up. Yeah, he comes which, out and smells food and assumes it's Luna, but it's really Ron. Mm-hmm. He's got some toast that he hasn't eaten and a anti-hagover pro- potion, mm-hmm. which is... Par for the course for Ron. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants to know if it was Harry. So was it you? And Harry's like, was it was what me? And we find out that the statue got blown to smithereens. Except, yeah. What makes you think it was me? And he's like, "Look at the photo, and everything's blown up except for Hermione." Yeah, she's still standing there. And Harry says, "I had a bad day." (laughs) 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 Yes, uh, I think that would be an understatement Uh, there. But uh, yeah. And he's like, "I can't even hurt an inanimate representation of her. I'm trapped, trapped just like she." And then he stops. And he's thinking about Malfoy again and the things that Malfoy had said, but he can't quite bring it up. He knows there's something, there's something in the back of his mind, but he just can't quite get there. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he says Malfoy has always had more mouth than sense, which, mm-hmm. yep. It is true. Mm-hmm. And he just, he's trying to think, why on earth would he say those things? Mm-hmm. And he can't figure it out. No. And Ron is, you know, trying to, talk things over a little bit he says listen harry and harry says uh, i can't talk about it today ron no, um, not today. I, I know i'm i'm not angry i, I know you didn't mean to i can't talk mm-hmm. uh, i'll talk to you tomorrow then yeah. tell luna i'll see her and he heads off yeah. to scotland yep he's gone back to hogwarts mm-hmm. and he he basically you know he has a routine he, he goes to the different places and he he has different stops along the way. And mm-hmm. That's where Justin Finch Fletcher was killed, taking mm-hmm. down four Death Eaters. And that's where Dennis Creevy saved Ron from a curse in the back mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. And ha- and there's a, you know, I'm not finding the one. Where- <laughs> Hannah Abbott hid seven wounded fighters in mm-hmm. Hagrid's root cellar. Yeah. She ended up dying, but she saved their lives. Which is very sad. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it, oh, I'm not sure whether this was written actually before we found out some of the stuff that went on in the final battle. It could have been a, a book six fic. Or right. I don't know. Even, 
I don't. So far, Horcruxes and stuff haven't been mentioned. The the latest reference we have is Dumbledore's tomb. So right. that um, could have been before. And I didn't go and look and see when it was. I don't want to lose my place either. So I'll have to look at the end and see when it was written. It fits in well enough with how some of the things went mm-hmm. that they could have read book seven and just decided to change things around. Right. But at the same time, um, pretty much all the people who died has changed. There's mm-hmm. a, a similar number, but Hagrid's still alive. Lupin's still alive. Hannah's um, dead, and we know that Hannah lives. Mm-hmm. And the Pattle Twins and various other people that we know. So it's an intriguing thought. We'll have to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. So he goes up to Hagrid's. And Hagrid, of course, is delighted to see him. Harry! And he, mm-hmm. you know, they talk a little bit. And basically, Hagrid just sits and reminisces, which Harry can take for only so long before he has to just leave. Mm-hmm. And, and they always sort of talk about the first four or five years or so because mm-hmm. after that things get too painful mm-hmm. and they they don't talk much about Buckbeak or Grop because Hermione is so mm-hmm. uh, in, so in much a time. part of those stories yeah yeah so it was Madame Maxime I don't know what my text reader said right there but it wasn't Madame Maxime I was like did Hagrid have another girlfriend I didn't know about because it really confused me <laughs> I had Maxime. to get a new maybe I had to get a new text reader in the switchover. I lost my password for it, and I have a new voice, and I, I don't like the new voice very well. Oh, too bad. And uh, the, you know, usually it, it says XXXXX or whatever. This says asterisk, 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 you know, 4,000 times in this, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this because that's going to drive yeah. me nuts. <laughs> well, that that's how this one, um, she's got the little tilde squeal, mm-hmm. squiggle and asterisk alternating yeah. are her dividers because it looks nice but um, as far as the text reader is concerned it's just weird <laughs> yeah it says it over and over and over and over and over again so they talk about oh I guess they don't actually talk about Ron uh, Hagrid starts to talk about Ron and Harry just sort of says yeah and uh, changes the subject yeah doesn't want to talk about it and so they talk for some time and then once Terry has taken as much of it as he possibly can, he just sort of springs to his feet and heads for the door. And mm-hmm. Hagrid says, yeah, nice seeing you. We should do it again sometime. And Harry says, sure, but he knows he'll only be back once a year because that's, yeah, that's all as he much can as take. he can take. Mm-hmm. And here's the part I was thinking about, that he finds the part where Seamus died, jumping in front of a curse meant for Dean Thomas, who was dragging an injured Ginny Weasley to safety. Dean and Ginny had gotten married last Christmas, and he had refused to have a best man. Okay. Because Seamus would have been his best man. I think I must have skimmed over that the first time I read it, because that was one of the things I was going to remark on generally about this, is unlike most um, Harry Hermione fix, Ginny just doesn't get mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think this is the only time we hear anything about Ginny. Um, yeah. She's just not... A concern to the story not, at all. Not in here at all. Yeah. So, but uh, that's interesting. At least she did get a, you get to hear a little bit about what happened to her. Yeah. And she's with Dean. Mm-hmm. So happily married. We're going to, we're going to assume she's happily married. Yeah. They probably have it a little better than any of the people we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to hope. And he goes mm-hmm. on to Dumbledore's tomb where he 
this is where I became a murderer because this is where he killed Voldemort. Yeah. And then he he has the words in his head again. What do you mean she's gone? Yeah. And he then he and on top of his usual montage that's in his head, now he has Ron's words too. We were angry. I left her there. When I finally got my bearings, she was gone. And so yeah. it's just made it all that much more worse mm-hmm. this time around. And Harry's kind of hurrying this time because he's got a late start on things and it's not his usual schedule and it just doesn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. And there's some, he's uneasy about something. He's waiting for the other shoe to drop because he's just feeling a little weird. And then he, um, he gets interrupted by Professor McGonagall. Yeah. There's also at the last, um, the spot where they last saw Hermione. Mm-hmm. And she says, I wouldn't normally disturb you in your remembrance, but I've got a flu call from Mr. Weasley, and I thought you'd want to know. And of course, Harry's stomach drops, and he's like, what happened? And we find out that Luna was attacked. Mm-hmm. Some sort of attempted burglary or something at the ministry, the and ministry. Luna's been injured. Mm-hmm. And so he just takes a moment to wrap things up, and then yeah. heads off to her office to see what he can see at the ministry. Ooh, yeah. In chapter 8, Harry is scattering the people in the anteroom of St. Mungo's, charging for uh, the room that Luna's in. Mm. And he just walks in and kind of looks her over, and she says, I'm fine, uh, but uh, it's not very convincing. No. Um, and he wants to know what happened. And she apologizes because she knows where he was, and she didn't really want to disturb him. And he says, there's very few ways this day could have been worse for me, but having something happen to you is one of them. I'm glad you're okay. Now tell me what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone broke in while she was at work and mm-hmm. hit her with a stunner, and she smacked her head on the table that she was sitting at, yep. and she's going to go home as soon as she gets cleared. And we find out that Shacklebolt... Uh, Attached a rookie to it. Yeah, they sent the intern. Harry's <laughs> just like, what? The trainee? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So. And there was her co-worker, Calpurnia, uh, wasn't injured, but she was obliviated. Mm-hmm. She doesn't remember anything between sitting at her desk and the emergency the workers, workers being there. Because yeah. when Luna woke up, she'd fallen onto the floor. And um, she sent out the emergency notification spell because she was bleeding and she could see Calpurnia was down and mm-hmm. she didn't know what had happened. Yeah. Uh, she was worried perhaps a herd of graphorns had broken out of the dungeons because they could have caused all kinds of mayhem in the ministry. <laughs> yeah, you know, those graphorns, they're, they're just dangerous. You don't want them running around out there. <laughs> so. Yes. And Harry's trying to ask questions and Ron's like, you know, she's been through a hard time. And I love Luna. That's okay. This is how Harry lets me know how much I mean to him. Right, Harry? I'm fine. I don't mind answering questions. And so he asks again. Harry just blushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turns an amusing shade of pink. Go so, ahead. but he finally smiles at her and um, they continue a little bit. As far as she knows, there was nobody there except the two of them because it was on the weekend. And mm-hmm. they'd been working on a po- project that she can't really tell him what it's about because you know department of mysteries speakables Mm -hmm. and you know nobody's ever tried to break into the ministry except for um us us (laughs) (laughs) yeah because nobody ever comes down to the department of mysteries because you know it's just a bunch of crackpots down there and 
and Harry's like, the time turners! But Luna's like, no, there's yeah, too many alarms that, and things on there. It wouldn't have. Yeah, that's the only thing they can think of that an ordinary person might want to steal because most of the stuff down there is just weird and nobody would know what to do with it. But they have alarmed, they've regulated the time turners and they would have to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork and go through a waiting period to actually take one. Mm-hmm. And they would know, they know that they've got all of them. And, and Harry decides he needs to go down there because there's, he's got to find out something and maybe he should talk to Calpurnia as well. She's up in spell damage. So he heads out to do that. And but he looks Ron is like, but what? What's going on? And he says, uh, I don't know. I, I love him though because he turns around and he looks at Ron and he says, stay with her. And Ron like hangs his head. Okay, okay, I will. Mm-hmm. And so he says, okay, what's going on? And Harry says, I'm not sure, but there's something going on. And mm-hmm. I think we're involved because it involves Hermione somehow. Right. So he goes up and he finds Calpurnia on the fourth floor who's looking dazed and dreamy, even for one of Luna's friends. And yes. she recognizes him as, you know, you're Harry Potter, aren't you? That or friend of Luna's, which is kind of a weird way to be thought about. But okay, that works for him. And Yes, he has a small grin because mm-hmm. he doesn't think anyone's ever called him, you know, oh, you're that, or that other person's friend. Luna's. Yeah. And she, you know, he wants to know if he can ask some questions. And she's like, sure. And he says, did you see anything unusual today? And she's like, well, I expect I did. That's why they obliviated me. And he's like, no, no, no. In the morning, before this all happened, was there something weird? And what we find out is that Malfoy has been chatting up, basically, the secretary, the receptionist, and came by to take her out to lunch. Mm -hmm. And And Harry actually asks about that because he has a thought. Because Luna says, you know, oh, nobody ever comes down to the Department of Mysteries, but when he was going down there last time, to Draco. Draco was coming the other way. Mm-hmm. And why was he there? So he asks, was Draco in your department yesterday? Oh, oh yes, but he's not unusual because he's been chatting up the receptionist for a while, but she was sick and he was kind of annoyed that he didn't get to see her and then left again. Yeah. And so what he wants to know what room she was in. And she says, well, Luna and I were working on something classified. And he says, I didn't ask what you were working on. I wanted to know what room you were working in. And we find out they were in the multiverse room, which means nothing to us. And she mm-hmm. can't say too much about it because of the unspeakable thing. So yeah, yes. he, he knows. It's actually, this bit is kind of fun because Calpurnia is very much... Like Luna? She, she's Luna minus a... A decade or so, mm-hmm. except well, she's actually older than Luna, but she, she's very much like canon Luna, where uh, Luna in this story has kind of he's gone through a lot and calmed down a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's sort of rambling about all this stuff. Uh, but, oh, you know, um, the receptionist called in sick, and obviously she can't really have been bitten by a rabid moon calf. She should have come up with something better because, you know, there wasn't a full moon last night. And really, she was going off to see her brother playing football and... And, of course, Malfoy should have known that if they conversed the day before. And so it's kind of weird that he came by anyway. And Oh, and there there was – it's really weird that they – she doesn't know why they would eat in the break room because so-and-so is always having experiments, and it just smells really bad. And it's yeah. like, so, uh, so Malfoy left then. <laughs> yeah. 
But we find out that there was another night where there was a break-in or a supposed break-in because she knows she locked the door, but when they got back, the door was open. And she mm-hmm. knows she locked the door because somebody had brought in a cake, and as she was fumbling with her wand to lock the door, the cake fell, and it was a big mess. This is very annoying. But her supervisor didn't believe her, and he didn't even report that the door was open because he was so sure that she did it. Yeah. And and Luna hadn't mentioned it because this was before she worked there. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't prove anything anyway. And he wants to and know. And so Harry wants to know. Yeah. And so she works out, hmm, well, um, I suppose it would have been five years ago. Yes, actually, exactly five years ago last week, because that's when Lydia's birthday was. Yeah. Um, and I say, are you all right? Because he's just <laughs> he's gone. White as a sheet again. Stiff as a board. And, and yeah, he's he, off he leaves. Again. And he rushes back, and he, here we go. You know, the very last thing he says to Ron stay with her and he gets back and Ron's out in the corridor. And he's like, the healer's in there, the healer's in there, you know. You checked me out. Check me out. Tell me what's wrong. But, and Harry doesn't know how to articulate it. Things aren't he, right. And it has to do with Hermione in the fa- final battle. I stake my life on it, but I just don't quite have enough information. And he pulls out like a little flask thing and he says, I need your memories of that day. And I was like, well, I don't remember anything that happened. And Harry said, your mind remembers. I need to see this. Yeah. And they they both look pretty terrible because mm-hmm. Harry's just white and his eyes are staring out wildly. And Ron's freckles are standing out like spots in his face. And mm-hmm. uh, just, yeah. Yeah. And then so. they talk about the receptionist that Malfoy's been chatting up. And Her- and Ron's like, yeah, Luna told me about her. She's like the last person Malfoy would ever talk to. And Harry's like, why? Well, she's muggle-born. Her brother plays football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good or Harry is, although he's been up for a long time. We'll give him a pass on this one because that was a really big clue. But he missed it. Yeah. And so he figures Malfoy was making for that room. Mm. And when he wasn't, when she wasn't there... He had to come back later because he has to have an excuse to get in there. Um, yeah. And so he that's when he pulls out the portable um, portable port cue is what I was going to say. That's not right. Portable pensive and says, I need your memories. And I need to go and talk to Remus too. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, I don't think that Bellatrix is dead either. Yeah. And, and I've got to find out what was going on in this room because by... This time on Monday, I probably won't have a job anymore, and I won't have the clearance to get in. Yeah. So, so I, I need your memory. Do this I need to. I need to hear what this spell was that Bellatrix cast, because we we want to figure that out. And that's what Ron says. Well, I I don't remember what she said, but mm-hmm. it Harry figures it'd still be there. Yeah. So he pulls out his memory, and he actually kind of feels better after that because he doesn't have it the same way anymore, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he needs to go see Remus and find out what exactly he his how exactly his battle with Bellatrix went because he doesn't think she's dead. Either. Dun dun dun, dun, dun. dun. And that's where we're leaving you, folks. Sorry, you'll have to go eat ahead. <laughs> but at least we're doing something, and we're not in this horribly depressed stage that we were in at Chapter Five. So we gave you a little extra. And hopefully next week we'll have Ryan and Trisha with us too, so you don't have to just listen to the two of us. But mm-hmm. at some point, yes. I hope to ask Ryan what made him recommend this and various things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. 
so far, I don't know. I you can't exactly say that I enjoy it because right. it's a it's a very tough story, especially to this point. Uh, but it's very good. It's very well done as well. It seems almost the fact that they are in so much trouble helps it make more sense. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like um, some of the ones where Harry uh, wakes up one day and he broke up with Ginny last week and he thinks, oh, you know what? I actually like Hermione now mm-hmm. um, because there's all this buildup and there's actual background to to their relationship in this universe. And um, just to, as we will see eventually, well, it just in, in fan fiction generally, we we know that this is an alternate universe from canon mm-hmm. because things have not quite happened that way. So it's a well enough detailed universe that doesn't quite make sense, but I'm not sure how else to phrase it, that it works. It, it right. hangs together on its own and it, um, it makes sense for Harry to be, you know, secretly in love with Hermione. So much so that he hasn't admitted it to himself. <laughs> he knows that and, there's something, but yeah, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And they also acknowledged Ron's previous relationship with Hermione. They mm-hmm. didn't just say, "Oh no, they never got together." Yeah, uh, no, they got together yeah. and then they broke up. So yeah, and, and yeah, this it's kind of awkward to split this story up at all because it really mm-hmm. uh, it works best as one chunk. I didn't stop here when I was first reading it. I just sort of kept going because it's that kind of not only is there a lot of momentum to it, there's there's always things happening and especially in this first part you just you want to find a spot where these people actually have something nice happen to them. <laughs> yeah, really. So, can there be something going on that isn't terrible? Uh, so, you know, it's good to know that Harry has finally sort of started putting some pieces together and hopefully he's not actually going nuts mm-hmm. and their things do turn up. Cause you know, all he has is what two terrible people have said to him, Malfoy and Delahoff. And mm-hmm. so it could very well be that he's just grasping at straws. Yeah. And, the and he's been up for three days and he's mm-hmm. just, you know, got a, a few little bits from Luna and Calpurnia and he's making logical leaps all over the place but right it's well written enough that it's it's sort of partly because we're inside his head but it Mm -hmm. kind of seems to be hanging together and we can't you want to find out what actually is going on and what he works out from this right so yeah and you know it is well written and there are parts in here where it's just like i said with ron breaking his leg where i was just like in pain for ron and you feel so bad for this these three, you mm-hmm. know, Ron and this Harry is... and Luna, because Luna's as much into this as, as the rest of them. And mm-hmm. you can feel for their friends, too. You feel for Shacklebolt, who's trying his best to cover for Harry, but is saying, you know, I can't keep covering for you. And Harry's like, yeah, well, I'll consider myself reprimanded. You don't have to worry about it. And Shacklebolt's, you, you need to be paying more attention to this, and you need to be, you know, not just blowing this off. You're going to lose your job. And Harry is so far gone that he doesn't even, he doesn't care. He mm-hmm. cares now because he knows that he's got to figure out what's going on in this very short amount of time. But he doesn't care that he's really going to lose his job. He doesn't care about the oars. He doesn't care about the ministry because they basically don't care about him. Mm-hmm. And so he's just, you know, he's on. His yeah, own. this, this story has 
an advantage of this story by being fan fiction, even, even though it's in a lot of ways, it's quite far from what we're used to in canon and a lot of canon based stories in tone more than content, even because this is a very, especially as it starts, it's a very dark story in there much. But because we are, we already know these characters and love these characters, it's, it's very hard to see them like this. And mm-hmm. as we've been going through, we've kind of glossed over a lot of bits that are the emotionally descriptive bits that just really hit you as you're reading them. And it's just, yeah, they're having a terrible, terrible time. And I probably, well, I don't know if I'd come across this and just sort of started reading it. I might have, because it is very, there is a lot of momentum. I might have still ended up reading through the whole thing, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's not the kind of story I would have ordinarily sought out because uh, I like my stories a little, little happier. <laughs> but um, but you know this this does not all of life is sunshine and roses, and mm-hmm. they are going through the parts that are not right now. So yeah. it resonates with a lot of people, I'm sure. It's too bad um, Trisha wasn't here because she would have liked the angst in this. Mm-hmm. It's it's her kind of story. We have an involvement, but everything else kind of fits in. Yeah. So thanks to Ryan and to Mooney for recommending this. And we will hopefully you are, you've enjoyed our coverage so far as so much <laughs> we'll as you can. Back. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, hopefully you are, you're seeing the merit in this story anyway, as mm-hmm. much as I said, it's kind of hard to say, you know, it's not really enjoyable to read, but it's very well done. And it, it catches you and you want to find out what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's something has to happen. Either Harry is completely out of his mind and flipped and all of these things that he's thinking aren't true. And we're going to see him in St. Mungo's, you know, ward for mentally crazy people or something. There's really something happens. really weird going on. And maybe Hermione isn't dead or maybe some, you know, He's never believed that she's dead. He's always held on to the belief that she's somewhere. So he's got these clues now, and you want to know, okay, Mm -hmm. could it really be true? Or is it just going to be these three people and their sad little lives, and, you know, what's going to happen to them? Yeah, it's it's a mystery. you need to come back because it... Yeah. There is more, and I won't say it gets completely better, but you want to know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. I will say it does get better. Um, cause <laughs> there's, there's really not much worse that it could get. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there are fix that are uh, even angstier and darker mm-hmm. and like, and the ones where Harry goes crazy and goes on killing sprees and stuff. But yeah, we don't cover those. there's, there are things that are, it's not like it, it doesn't turn into sunshine and roses, mm-hmm. but it, things can go up from here. <laughs> yeah. I suppose I shouldn't speak for everybody saying it's not, it's hard to enjoy too, because I'm sure there are people who, um, I, I know a few people who really like angsty stories. So I guess mm-hmm. in that sense, it is enjoyable. Thick, so right. yeah, hopefully, hopefully it does some things for you. There you go. And I'm going to say that the reason that Ryan found this story was he listened to or he got a hold of Vox Corporis, the other Hermione and Harry fic that we covered. 
And yeah, last season. And because of that, he liked it so much that he went looking for other Harry and Hermione, and this is what he found. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that in that sense, as I said, it is it is very well done because mm -hmm. uh, they're what little we've seen so far in this story of their relationship makes sense. It's right. not a tacked on thing or a, a thing where they've taken canon and just twisted it six degrees to the left or, mm. you know, it does seem to work in this universe. So, and it's, you know, most Harry Hermione, you have to get rid of Ginny and you have to make Ron this horrible person, which Ron kind of is, but it's not a horrible person to Harry and, and stuff. It's a very different way of doing it, at, you know, from the norm where they just do their best to get rid of Ron and Ginny. This, Ron is still very much a part of Harry's life. It's just that he and Hermione weren't together anymore. They had their chance, and they tried it, and it didn't work out, and they both moved on. But Harry wasn't sure exactly how far they had moved on, because just when he thought that something was going to happen, she's gone. And he's been left in this terrible limbo of, did she really love me? Did I love her? What? She was my best friend. I know that. But could it have been more? And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what to think or what to do. And the only thing he can do is find her. And the only way he can find her is if he truly believes she's not dead. And so he's not admitting that. Even though part of him probably does believe she's dead, he's not going to say it to himself because that will just ruin everything. So. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to come back next time or yes, read on absolutely. yourself and find out what actually does happen because we'll be here to tell you next time. Mm -hmm. if you want to wait same bad time, same bad channel on yep. Potterfic Weekly. That's us. And with that, we're going to say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Hopefully you've enjoyed this particular episode of Potterfic Weekly. We will be back. If you prefer to hear about things from other fandoms like TV shows and movies and books. We've got the Pufa Exchange, which has its own website, but it's linked from Potterfic Weekly. Mm -hmm. And if you kind of like just us rambling about our day or various other people, in fact, um, although Sue is on it, mm -hmm. uh, rambling about various <laughs> different topics, there is Point of View Weekly, which is the newest member of our family, where Ryan and Sue and Danielle and Bob get together and, and talk Jen. about all sorts of stuff. Yes, and Jen. Not the last few, but she will be back. And uh, that's usually on Thursdays. Occasionally they skip a few because, you know, things happen. But uh, most Thursdays you can hear it live or it does have its own podcast feed. Point of View Weekly actually kind of jumps around now. So if you'd like to know when, check out our Skype page. Look for Puffa and join our Skype group. That way you'll know when we're recording each week. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, listen to lots of stuff. We will keep you entertained or put you to sleep at night, which is what I listen to it. And watch me right to sleep. So there you go. <laughs> well, whatever works for you. There, there you go. Just listen. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to us. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.